Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Test, test, test. One, two, one, two, one, two. All right. My name is Michael Rappaport. You are now rocking with the best. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, where me and G Moody are talking about white guilt by white people in front of an all-white audience. The great Commodores, the Commodores, and Lionel Richie, the group, turns 50. NBA playoffs are in full swing. We have dunk reports from Air Moody, and the champ is here the motherfucking heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder, 40-0. and 0. The bronze bomber. Just off an incredible fight in Brooklyn and Barclays Arena. The bronze bomber is with me live and in the flesh. Deontay Wilder, the heavyweight champion of the ring, meets the heavyweight champion of shit-talking. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this brand-new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast with the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder, but first, me and G Moody are going to do what we do best, and you know we have so many sick fucks of the week. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky. Let me get a smacker. The champ is in the building. Let's go. All right, let's get it up. You, 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 re- shut the fuck up. you, you ready to go? Yeah, shut the Let's go. Yeah, get it fucking up, man. Yes, just be quiet. Let's go. All right. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Bird, a.k.a. White Mike. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Yep. Three-time podcast co-host of the year. And we have a smash mouth show 
15 rounds of hard body karate podcasting. I told you earlier. The motherfucking heavyweight champion of the world. Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber. Mm. I mean, listen. We set the bar so hard on the last episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm going to be the first to say how dope the DJ Premier I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast was. I I mean, Moody. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to brag, but I sort of do mean to brag. Uh, And and I'll be honest, you're only as good as your guest. This guy is a a treasure trove of, of, of hit music. He defined hip-hop music, continues to define and redefine hip-hop music. So the DJ Premier, Primo, Prem, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate all all the the response to it. I'm very proud of that. Um, I got to have him back. And you you know who I reached out to who's going to come on the podcast? Who? who, Who's this? Extra P, Large Professor. Oh, that's my man. I I know P. Oh, this is great. I'm on. I got. I got to get on that, bro. He's gonna kill it. Uh, if you're not familiar with exactly who he is, uh, main source. He produced stuff for Eric B and Rakim. Produced stuff for Cool G Rap and Polo. Produced stuff with Tribe Called Quest. Produced some of the songs on the Nas Ilmatic record. Large Professor. We're gonna get him, um, and continue talking to these uh, fantastic musicians. Um, celebrate them while they're here. While they're still making music. Um, speaking of celebrating somebody while they're here, while they're still making music, uh, you, you, you're seeing him now. He's all over a TV. I think he's on American Idol, one of them shows. Uh, the great Lionel Richie. Oh, I know mm. you like to refer to him as, as what? Lionel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of the Commodores. The Commodores turned 50 years old. Oh, man. Now, now we're, we're, we're going to take a little minute here to talk about the Commodores. Um, we're. Listen, you, you, their music was so good, it became pop music, but it's etched in blues and soul, okay? Do yourself a favor. I don't care if you got uh, iTunes, Spotify, Tidal, you're still into uh, CDs, you like to buy vinyl, whatever the fuck you're into. I don't care how you, uh, uh, you listen to your music. Just start zipping through all the Commodore's music. All yeah. of it. All no. of it. I mean, there's so many songs. This is your life. Funky situation. Say yeah. Of course, the hits. Lady. Zoom. Zoom, zoom. Zoom, <laughs> zoom. Zoom, zoom. Easy yeah. like Sunday morning. Machine gun. Brick house. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself a full day or a full evening or a full weekend or a full week. To just soak, do a deep dive into the Commodores. They have been around for 50 years. How sick yes. would a Lionel Richie podcast be to get him to come in here and break down some of his music? Oh, man. Man, that, that, that Commodores was in my, my crib since 1977. That's when I got hooked on. My moms used to play that. And we used to dance together to the Commodores live album. So... I'm very well versed in uh, Lionel Richie, Walter Orange, all the uh, the bass player Ron Lapreed, uh the Mean Machine, the horn sections. These are great musicians, and everybody should check out their whole catalog. Yeah, just just do just do a deep dive into all of it. 
Start from the beginning and work your way up. Um, and just don't take it for granted. Uh, yeah. uh, because that, that music is just is straight soul blues. Funk, funk. funk. That's a funk. No, that's a funk band. But these guys were raised in the church, of course. So, but that's a funk band. Commodore is turning 50 years old. Um, you mentioned your mother, um, yes. Evelyn, Evelyn Moody. Um, yes. You were just down in South Kakalaka, South Carolina. Yeah. I was in uh, Columbia, Buford, South Carolina. I went to see my mom's in Columbia. She's doing well. She says, what's up to you? And, you know, same old thing, man. She's doing well and in good spirit. So it was great to see my mom's. Um. She made the, it continues to make the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had. <laughs> um, of course. And I've had, I've had some great dishes of macaroni and cheese. Uh, and another friend of ours, mom, made, made great macaroni and cheese. But, but, but Miss Moody uh, always had him beat. Of course, uh, the famous story about her catching me with my, my hands in 1984, um, li- literally in the pot of <laughs> chitlins, eating the chitlins out of the pot uh, late in the middle of the night, is something I'm yeah. still ashamed of. Uh, I, I didn't mind that I was reaching in the pot, uh, uh, but I, I, I should have gotten a fork. Uh, I still feel embarrassed about that. Um, the, 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 and I, Do you think if I saw your mom, she would make me some chitlins? Because it seems like now everybody with their health kicks, it's almost like sacrilegious to eat some chitlins. I have yeah, no yeah. problems eating chitlins. Yeah, oh, I guess once in a while, once in a, uh, in a fucking blue moon, you could, you could get down on it. So... Maybe, but she she's like in her uh, you know elder years, so she's just kind of lounging out. And also, I was down there and I celebrated my man, lifelong friend from Brownsville, Brooklyn, who I met in 1976 in second grade, had his 50th birthday celebration in Beaufort, South Carolina. My man Al Williams want to give him and his whole family a shout out. It was it was great to be down there and see everybody. We had a great time, so it was like a reunion. All Brooklyn came up to South Carolina, and everybody was cooling out. So everybody, Williams family and Buford, want to give them a big, big, big shout out. Um, I'm sorry I missed the party. Um, I was uh, in Los Angeles working. Um, did you share? Now, these are people that you've known your whole life. I, yes. I almost feel like we might need to get them on the phone. Um, these are uh, Al, uh, better known as Junior. Yeah. Did you tell any of uh, uh, your lifelong friends from Brooklyn that you just saw at Junior's 50th birthday party that you, you've taken on this challenge of dunking? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they said, man, yo, they don't think I can do it, but I know myself, and I'm getting ready, man. And, oh, and, uh, oh, so they, they're up to speed on this? Yeah, yeah, I told them. I let them know what time it is, and I'm still getting ready, so I'm about to, I'm about to man. We, we, we almost here. And, uh, okay, because you, you know that we said the first week of May, right? There's no, uh, oh, I'm waiting. No, we're, the first week of May, this is going down. Absolutely. Okay. I'm here, man. So, so we're two weeks out. <laughs> I, I, I know the date, motherfucker. We, we, I'm going I'm I'm to rock this shit, man. Okay. You're, you're, you're gonna, you mean you're, you're going to dunk the ball? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a whirl. Are you going to what? I'm going to give it a try. Oh, oh. Oh, a little kink in the armor, huh? Nah, nah. I'm gonna give it a try, and 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 I'm I'm thinking I can do it. So oh, that's what's up. okay. Because because before it was a lot of comments. Now a little kink in the armor. Correct? Uh, yeah, I had a hamstring pull. So yeah. 
Okay. Hey, what, the, the, the what, first, what do you want me to tell you? The first week of May, this is going down, fucko. All right? Absolutely. And, and, Harlem, and I'm glad that Harlem you... Harlem YMCA. Harlem YMCA. I want to do it there. Great. Great. You can't do it in the park anymore. That's, that's cool. You're too, you're, yeah. too fucking, you're too fucking cool to go to the park. Go to the fucking YMCA. Go to the garden. Go to the kitty courts. Motherfucker, I don't think you could dunk on a low rim, but we're not giving you any, we're not, we're doing 10 feet, 10 foot rim, regulation yep. size basketball. Yep. And uh, it'll be, it'll be filmed and, and there'll be no tricks, no edits. And, and I'm glad that everybody, all the people that grew up with you, saw you when you could play ball, uh, uh, have, uh, are, are where I'm at and that are betting against you. Good, yeah, you nah. fuck. They said, oh man, you still look svelte. You still look with the athletic build, slender. So that's it's not, what they said? Yeah, so it's not far-fetched that this guy could propel himself at 49 and get up there and do it. Okay. So that's what, that's what time it is, B. Okay. All right. Well, I just was checking in on the, uh, on the progress of Air Moody. That's what we're calling you now, Air, Mo- Air Moody. Hell yeah. Um, so check this out. I went to this comedy event. It was actually a fundraiser for the Democratic Party. A good, good, I'm not going to go into details of, of why I was there, but I was there supporting. Uh, it, you know, it was, a, it was somebody near and dear to me that I went to go to support. Um, and, you know, it had different comedians, big-time comedians. I'm not even going to name any of their names. Um, but, but there were six comedians, all of whom are either really, really famous or sort of famous as stand-up comics, um, and this was this was a thing for the Democratic Party. There was about three hundred people in the crowd, right? Uh, three black people, one of them being my wife, <laughs> right? Okay, so so it was two black people that we didn't know. It was about three hundred people, two hundred seventy-five people in the crowd. Um, it was a charity event, all for the Democratic Party. A lot of money was raised. Um, six out of the six comics. Went on stage and and made jokes, comments, comments, or criticism about uh, white men, uh, 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 white people in power, uh-huh. and, and 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 different variations of expressing their white guilt. And and I gotta be honest, Monetti, a light yeah. went off. I was appalled because I was like, these these are the people. This is what I said to myself. This is what I said to myself. These are what the people refer to as fucking snowflakes. Because I was thinking to myself, you're so open-minded. You're so fucking liberal. You're so, um, you know, open to the world. Why are these six white comedians going on stage in front of an all-white crowd expressing their white guilt? Well, why, mm. why is this happening in front, like white people expressing their white guilt and their 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 problems and conundrums with uh, their whiteness and being white and white men and white men in power and and listen, everybody knows where I stand on Dick Stain, Donald Trump, and all that stuff. But but mm-hmm. the way these people were talking about and they refer to black people as people of color. Yeah, I, I hate that. You see how it just changed? It just you changed. See? I never heard this term. This you is like see? a brand new term. But but they were referring to black people and Latin people as if as if it was like um now I'm going off the cuff here. But it was almost as if they were talking about like save the whales, like a yeah. foreign species. And I'm yeah. like, first of all, 
why are there no black people in this motherfucking place? Like, this mm-hmm. is a charity thing for the Democratic Party. Why are there only white people in here? Why are there only white comedians up on this fucking stage? And and why are you so um, riveted and consumed yeah. with your, your with your own white black. guilt? And and they they talk about white people as if black, Spanish, uh, Mexican, Latin, Asian, as if as if corruption and greed has a color as if yeah. as if only white men and only uh white men in power are susceptible and behave with corruption and greed let me yeah. tell you something i fuck with barack obama i love uh michelle obama she, she of course coined the phrase when they go low uh we go high uh, of course i created when they go low uh uh we go lower mm-hmm. um she inspired that greatness from me um but 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 in the eight years where we had a, a a black president, it he did a lot of great things, and don't get me wrong, he did a lot of great things. But it's not like the fucking world changed and everything stopped and violence stopped and the economy was perfect and things were perfect. And oh, we need to get a person of color and a woman of color right. and no they woman. can fix everything and they won't be corrupt in the what? I, I I I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I know. Like you said, remember. This party uses black people as pawns and, and the immigrants as pawns. They need those votes. That's why they put them out there. They put us out there like that. They, that that's where the white guilt comes from. It's like, it's crazy, man. And I know, it's, and I know you, see, you see them like kind of dissing themselves. It, 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 it's that left-leaning media indoctrinating or everybody. And, and, but, let me, but let me stop you. Because the right-leaning media, media is no better. They, they, I'm not saying they, that. This whole thing is all fucked up. But, 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 the, but, but the Democrats that were at this, this Democratic fundraiser are referring to the Republicans like they're all of the same mind, of the same, of, they all behave the same way, they all think the same way, and they all have the same ideals. And that's just as fucked up as Republicans saying, you're all snowflakes and all this shit. And, and, and another thing, and I'm totally uneducated when it comes to politics, and, and I'm, this is definitely not a groundbreaking comment, the fact that there's only two parties, you get two picks, Republican or Democrat. That's like going to Baskin Robbins and it's like you get vanilla or chocolate. That's it. There's right. there's 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 no rocky road. There's no mint chocolate chip. There's no strawberry. There's no quarterback crunch. There's no mint chocolate chip. There's there's just vanilla and chocolate. And you got to stick with them for the rest of your life. Yeah. To me, terrible. that is the biggest problem out of all this shit. Like why can't there be variations? Like we take a little bit of this from over here, take a little bit of this from over here. We do variations of it. And then there's this party and we take a little bit of this over here, take a little bit of this over there. And then there's the, a fourth party, maybe a fifth party. A six, why can't there be 25 parties? The fact that I, there's I only two parties and we're in 2018 and there's like this huge line drawn down the middle and you know, everybody's pointing figures at each other, including me. I'm one of the biggest finger-pointing, shit-talking motherfuckers out there. But the fact that there's only, like, it's like us against them, them against us. This is all fucked up. The whole (laughs) thing is all fucked up. (laughs) Yo, yo, but for me, as I've gotten older and got more educated, I see what it is. For me, as a black person, these guys, the the media, the left, because all the media is left. 
Most of the media is left. So Not all. Th- you can't say all because most. Fox News is Fox that's News one, is huge. That's one network. That's one network. But CNN, MSNBC, all that shit is left. So they want the black Americans to view themselves as victims. This is where you see it in the fucking media. You see it in uh in in, in television. I, I'm leaning a little right because I'm not a fucking victim. They want they want us to believe that the cops are all racist and and they're hunting black folks. System or what, what what's the buzzword? Systemic racism and oppression, as if it's 1930, as if it's, as if it's 50. Systemic racism was when James Brown and all, all those musicians, and it was uh, you can't stay at the hotel, you can't um, you know, like everything colored white. That's systemic racism. That's oppression across the board because it was legislated. But these people, the left, want black people to think of themselves as victims, as uh, your problems are all connected to white racism. And the legacy of slavery is, that's why the guilt, fuck you. I've done my research after slavery. The black population was mostly, probably all conservative and all right. So that's why black Wall Streets popped up all over the fucking country. So you want us to believe that our problems are connected to the legacy of slavery when it isn't. It's connected, the problems is connected to the social policies of 1960s, which incentivized terrible behavior, took the father out of the home, and this is what you have. Social ills come from the father being out of the home with the liberal welfare state. That is the plague afflicting black America today. That's it. And I'm just going to back you up by saying this. You're taking, I I see people talking a lot of shit about you. They talk shit about me. Uh, They talk shit to me about you. I like it. But, but, but listen, you know, there's no, there's no one answer. Like I was saying this on the podcast the other day. There's, there's no one answer. There's no right and wrong. And that's why the, and that's why the fact that there's the right, the left, the liberals, the Republicans, that's why to me, and I don't know if that'll ever change. That that the, if if you only have two choices to really pick from, if you want to vote for these freaks in these other categories, and I get while they're starting these other categories, but but at the end of the day, these these you know green parties and this party, and, until something drastic happens, none of those people are going to really you know make it to 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 have uh, places of power in in the majority. Uh, but but we could, yo through through data we can pinpoint the decline of the black family, and it's in the 60s. It's 1965, LBJ with the war and poverty, which uh, give provisions and giving, uh, it's the welfare state. It's the welfare state of government that proves at that time, that's when it declined, because think about it. Black people survived uh, uh, segregation, centuries of uh, Jim Crow, segregation, slavery, and still ascending. And then you put these policies in, and then, ruins the black community. And this is where, this is where we at. Fucking cops. Want, want, want me to believe the cops are after me. I've been, yo, I was all over the Bronx. I was in South Carolina, past several cops all over the place. Not one time, nothing, no. So the, the cops are not my enemy. I don't give a fuck what those people put <laughs> on TV. 
they, they, that's not my enemy at all. All the cops I've ever uh, encountered, all you have to do is comply with the fucking, um, what they're saying and give your license and this and that. Once you start being belligerent, and once you start getting, making yourself dangerous, then of course some shit gonna happen. Of course. So what I'm saying is, I don't believe none of that shit and that guilt shit, keep it to yourself, that's a detriment to black people. We don't need your fucking guilt. We survived all this shit and we will continue to survive and my last word is fuck you and your white guilt, motherfucker. <laughs> um, a few days ago, uh, Kanye West, uh, he seems like he's off his meds. And, and I'm not making light of that. I really do think he's off his meds because he, he talked about having an opi- opioid addiction or he hinted, oh. he hinted to that. You know, God bless him for being safe. Oh. Listen, uh, he came out and, and, and uh, made comments about this, this chick, uh, Candace Owens. And he said he, he loves the way she thinks. I love her, too. And, uh, you know, she, she's controversial. She's a black chick. Um, you know, yeah. she, she's a Republican who used to be a Democrat. She's on Fox yep. sometimes. She One thing that I had saw her say a, a, a few... Uh, I heard her talk about it a couple of times. And she just did something else. Was on White Guilt. Um, yeah. And you you got to check this out. Miles Jordan. Yo, pull, pull the Candace Owens on White Guilt clip. And and I want I want everybody to, to, to just take take a listen to this and, and see what you think. Are you or loved one suffering from white guilt? Could you stop? My name is Candace Owens and you are watching White Guilt. If I was walking down the street and I saw somebody punching himself in the face, I would probably keep walking. But I can no longer ignore this trend of white guilt. For those of you that are unaware, there is a growing group of white people in this country who have accepted the ridiculous notion that being born white automatically registers them as a social offender. They try to right the sin of their complexion by running around social media yelling at other white people for stating their opinions. For example, if white man A comments on Facebook, I don't think players should kneel for the national anthem. Then guilty white man B swoops in like, you can't comment, you don't have melanin in your skin. Really? This is a trend that needs to die. Why on earth wouldn't a white person be able to give his opinion just because he doesn't look like the subject of the story? I mean, am I not allowed to say that I think strangling puppies is wrong because I'm not a dog? Repeat after me. It is not trendy or cute to hate other white people. The worst perpetrators of this trend are the ones that try to make it seem like it's a token of their education. Yes, I went to university and learned all about the plight of the black man. We shan't discuss it in our Caucasian circles. We would never understand. So, I mean, what she's saying is basically a more articulate, sort of humorous uh, version of what what, uh, me and Moody were just saying and what I witnessed at the comedy club by some big-name comedians. Big name yeah. comedians. And I don't agree with everything she says, just like I don't agree with everything Moody says, just like I don't agree with everything CNN says, just like I barely right. agree with most of the bullshit that your people on Fox News say because they talk about <laughs> your people. man Sean Hannity is a fucking scum bucket. No, I don't I agree. Like Sean. I, I like Bill Maher, but I think a lot of the shit he said, I'm just saying no one has all the, the, the magic dust. No, nah, uh, no. Nah. But but I thought what she said was good. Uh, but Kanye announced a whole bunch of records. Uh, he's putting out one uh, a Kanye West record. He's putting out a him and Kid Cudi record. I'm not a big Kid Cudi fan. You fuck with Kid Cudi? 
nah, man. Yo, these guys, man, just rock. Just make make music. Motherfuckers, oh, yo, you know that shit ain't going to be funky. It's going to be some old uh, techno bullshit. Yo, just rock, man, like motherfuckers used to do back in the days, man. Jay-Z and these guys, yo, they just put out funky shit. Get on the mic, rock it, make great songs. You know, it's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of fluff with the bullshit, man. Like, make funky-ass beats like Primo, Large Pro. Make funky beats. Get on it, get in their pocket, and rock it. It's simple. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, one, the one record I'm most concerned about is, is he also announced on Twitter that he's producing uh, Nas's record. And, and my, my, my only message to Kanye is, listen, you can fuck your record up. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're going to do with your own thing. I respect Kid Cudi, like the, the, but you know he's he's not really my thing. But he's not whack. Right. He's just not really my thing, right? But with the Nas record, if you're producing the Nas record, Kanye West, and you're listening oh. to the I Am Rapaport Stereo podcast, and I suspect you are because there's a whole lot of people out there listening to the I Am Rapaport Stereo podcast right, right now. Do not fuck. The Nas Word. Escobar record up. Word. Give Don't him have that. all yeah. sampled records. None of that space, Israel, party, Greek, fucking beach music. Nobody wants right. to hear any of that shit. Right, right. And if, if you're going to give him that, flip that shit and make it funky. And don't have this guy, the uh, icon of our music, sounding uh, 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 like, uh, like these motherfuckers mumbling. Please don't. Because, now, he's you know, not going to do that. You know he's no, not going to do that. No, but you never know. But you never know. Motherfuckers get in the studio and be like, yo, Nas, it's, a, it's young people out here. They, they, they don't want that uh, nah, fuck twisted all that. words. I'm telling you. And you could have this motherfucker in there, uh, Nas, mumbling. <laughs> now, we're not doing all that. That's we're what not we doing all in the that. studio. Yo, you could do what you want to do with your record. You could do what you want to do with... Uh, that chick Tiana Taylor's record. Yeah. You could do what you want to do with you and Kid Cut. I don't give a fuck about any of that. The only one yeah, I care about, the only one that'll really upset me if you fuck it up is the Nas record. The yeah. Nas record. The only one that I care about is the Nas record. Because just like Premier said, like, like Nas just made a big deal. Um, he just made millions of dollars off some deal, as he should. He's an icon. He don't need to make music for money. So don't, right. don't give him any whack shit. Give him all banger beats, all funk, all soul, straight yeah. hip-hop, boom, bap shit. Kanye yeah. West put in one of his tweets, he sounds like he's 18. Well, when he was young, he was making good music. Don't fuck up. Word. And Don't he's, fuck and, this and, up. And, and, and you 40. Kanye West, you 40. You're not one of these young motherfuckers. Nas is our guy. Don't ruin this guy. Let him, let him blossom. Fuck, man. A lot of people were hyped up about the release of... Uh, J. Cole's record. You know, I've liked a lot of his music. I got to be honest, I'm not so far, so far, it can change. And, and that's why I'm so, I'm so uh, against everybody going, oh, this record's an instant classic. Oh, this is a classic. You know, you know what'll tell you if it's a classic? If in 50 years, like the Commodores, people still remember who the fuck you are. That's a classic. Yeah. Time yeah. tells you if something's a classic. Your hype Word. and your bullshit hashtags. And your little tweets and your Instagram posts, that, just, that don't make nothing a classic. Just because right. you bored and you listen to, oh, yo, this is a classic. Save all that classic shit. Yeah, yeah. Anything that comes out is a classic. Yeah, it's but a it classic. Has- and then two weeks later, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't really rocked that anymore. Fuck all that <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, but it has to stand the test of time. 15 years. Cont- 
Yeah, 50 years on, the Commodore has been doing it. We, 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 people told me, listening to Premier talk about, uh, uh, Biggie talk about Illmatic and talk about a uh, Gangstar, people, uh, numerous people, uh, friends of mine, um, right. people online, they were like, yo, I got goosebumps hearing it. Yeah, that's a, you know that's what? a classic. That's a classic. Hey, hey, don't don't put your little hashtag, yo, the kid, uh, the J. Cole record's a classic. You just listen to it one time and you're fucking, you're fucked up on, on a cough syrup Opioid. and weed. And you, you tell yeah. me it's a classic. Shut up. Yo, <laughs> and, and the, the reason why Primo shit sounds so great is because Premier loves music. That's why those beats sound so crisp. That's why he has that signature sound, turntable wizardry, where these motherfuckers today don't give a shit. I'm, I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to a fucking some Drake song. I'm like, yo, this is some Fisher Price bullshit, man. Yeah. Like, yo, I, I'm used to our standards rap. Uh, we used to wordplay, cats flipping the words back and forth, fitting everything into those bars and making sense and coming back and grabbing a word and rhyming it. And then you turn it on today and you hear cat, racked, backed. That's simple, silly sucker shit. I, I don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah, that shit is. Garbage. Garbage. Garbage, yo. Garbage. Um, you know what's not garbage is is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast live experience. And yeah. it's summertime, so the world tour continues. Okay? The world mm -hmm. tour continues. June 3rd, me yeah. and G. Moody will be hitting the stage live in San Francisco. June 3rd. Third in San Francisco at the Clusterfest. It's a whole festival of comedy music. Me and G Moody live. You could get tickets to see me and G Moody rocking live. And, and our live show, we, we're on some, we're on some like the spinners. Like our live show is choreographed. We do it rough, rugged, and raw. We'll be at the Clusterfest June 3rd. Clusterfest.com. You could get tickets at Cluster. Fest.com. Last time we were in San Francisco, you know we tore shit up. Okay? We're going to tear shit up again. And then Boston. Boston. What? Yo, everybody in New Hampshire, New York, Philly, Boston, the people that fuck with us in Boston. Yep. August 25th at the Wilbur in Boston. August 25th. Yo, we're going to tear that shit up. Down. I'm wearing yeah. a motherfucking Larry Bird in his prime jersey. Boston, August 25th. Tickets are available now. It's going to sell out. I yep. am RappaportTour.com. That is I am RappaportTour.com. August 25th in Boston at the Wilbur. And June yep. 3rd in San Francisco coming up at the Clusterfest. Clusterfest.com. Dot com and we're doing more shows all summer. We're shutting shit down. Highly yeah. choreographed, funky live performances by the Disco Two. Word, yo, I heard a uh, Wu Tang on that Cluster Fest. On oh that yeah, same yeah. And then I'm wearing my Rick Roby jersey in Boston. Oh yeah, no, but the, the yo the bot we've never played Boston and yeah, hey, yo. We, we have tons of fans up in Boston, up in New Hampshire, up in Vermont, New York, yeah. Philly. Yo, come see us. Yo, we are going to tear that shit down. Word. Um, NBA playoffs, are they're, they're, they're rocking and rolling. First of all, um, they're probably going to get eliminated. Uh, they're down three to one um, uh, at, at the taping of this I Am Rap Stereo podcast. 
uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I want to say Derrick Rose, I'm so happy to see that guy playing well and seemingly uh, having a good time for the Timberwolves. Yep. Uh, the Timberwolves are undermanned. And obviously Houston uh, is is a finely tuned machine as of now. But I'm I'm just happy to see uh, Derrick Rose out there looking healthy, um, and 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 you know seems to find find a home. You know he likes playing for Thibodeau. Him and Butler, you know, have, have found their way. Um, and uh, I, I like seeing uh, uh, those guys, um, and, and specifically Derrick Rose, uh, be healthy because uh, you, you know that guy. You forget about it, man. That was a while ago now, man. But homeboy, that MVP season. Oh, he was dunking on cats, and that motherfucker shorter than me. Yeah. D Rose, man, it's it's, it's fantastic, man. Um, glad. I hope I hope this is uh he can finish out his career. He's still a young dude. Hope he could, could finish it out over there. You see, my man LeBron and uh with Cleveland, they tied it up. And uh, Lance Stevenson, you can do all the hijinks, you can do all the Ringling Brothers bullshit, but you're still getting your ass bust. Yo, we we gonna continue doing all that at, at, at the taping of this I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Uh, uh, that series is tied up, um, and, and I'm gonna tell you right now, we're gonna continue doing all that dirty shit, all the <laughs> antics, all the hijinks, all that Brooklyn bullshit. We're on it. Shout out to uh-huh. Biggie. Um, I support it all. I fuck with Born Ready. Um, at some point and sometime, it's not working. Born Ready will be on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Okay? Oh man, Ci Coney Island, but yo, that's not working, man. You have he's never beat this guy, and you could blow in his ear. You could get him all frustrated. We're doing all that. But we're doing all that. LeBron will win. And you'll be like, yo, I was fucking with him. But you lost. I'm do- we're yeah, doing it. Yeah. I support I'm, I'm, I'm all of it. Jock. I'm up in his jock. I'm doing all this. LeBron is bringing his team to the, vic- the victor's table. While, while, while you back around the way talking about, yeah, I was up in his shit. <laughs> right. Well, that series isn't over. Um... Shout out to uh, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs, Manu Ginobili, and, and, and all the Warriors uh, on the San Antonio Spurs who are playing the Golden State Warriors. Our guy Danny Green, yeah, uh, uh, Kyle Anderson, uh, you, you know the whole crew. Under duress, uh, Coach Popovich's wife uh, passed, um, yeah. and uh, they they were able to pull out a win and and avoid the sweep. I think inevitably uh, they're going to wind up losing to Golden State. Uh, you predicted, correct? It's not over. Okay. It's not over, it's, it's fucking over. It's nah, over. No, it's not over. They're losing more, They're going to get one more game because of oh, the she, situation she, with Pop. I, I can't protect you. With the politics, I can say, I, 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 try, I can try to like, you know, make you, help you like get a full picture. When you say this I, shit, it's fucking over. It's nah. over. It's over. Nah. Oh, nah. You can't, you can't believe that because they got, they're galvanized because of Pop. They love Pop. So I'm telling you, you play oh, different. Oh, you know shit. the culture of yeah. basketball. Okay. When, there's a, when, when there's a fucking death, oh. it's a different team, B. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Steph ain't there. Okay. What's your, bo- your boy KD sprained his ankle? Yeah, he's, Lin- good. Li- he's good. He's good. He, he, the sniper. He's like a fucking sniper, sniper. that guy. Oh, oh, which one? He's a fucking got the burner accounts? Who, who, who is it today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you think you're, you're speaking of speak? Are we it all goes back to OKC. It all goes oh. back to OKC. They're finished. Yeah, they're, they're 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 finished. Utah's got them on the ropes. Shout out to our guy Jonas Jerebko and the rookie of the year or the co rookie of the year. Our guy Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, uh, uh, Joe Ingles. 
That whole crew, Ricky Rubio, I love that fucking team. Duke Snyder, the coach, that's his name, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we changed his name. It's yeah. not Quinn, it's Duke. Yo, we call you Duke Snyder, the coach of the year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, if you haven't heard Donovan Mitchell tell his story to me on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast and you're a new listener, go back in the archives. About two months ago, Donovan Mitchell, me, me and him sat down, excellent podcast. Yo, they're up three to one. Utah uh, has control of that series, and Oklahoma, they don't play like a team. They uh, just don't. And, and you, you, you try to talk shit about my man Durant. Yo, Paul George is out. He's gone. Nobody what wants to play with Russell Westbrook, including Kevin Durant, going back to Serge Ibaka, going back to my man Oladipo, and going yeah. back to James Harden. No I one can play in peace with, Oklahoma, with, with Russell Westbrook, and, and I love him. Yeah, I love him, but it just you cannot play in peace and be another star and 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 be with him, and they're winning nothing. So you want to try to talk shit about my man, Easy Money Sniper, Kevin Durant? <laughs> Easy Money. That's his Easy name, Money Easy Money Sniper. Sniper. That shit. Yo, how could you hate on yo? That dude is nice. Kevin Durant yo, he, is nice. He he's nice, but he did the Richard Pryor shit. He said, "Uh, this is my side." After after he got beat, that sucker shit. You could never. Basketball, unwritten rule. Me and you playing on the same team. We can't beat this team. Michael Rappaport goes to the other team. What are you to the original team? You're a piece of shit for doing that. Hey, you know what? If we're in the park and my team gets bumped and you play on the net, you get picked up, and I, and I play on the game after that, I'm going to try to bust your ass. So fuck you. <laughs> if, if the other guy got next and I didn't get picked, fuck you. He left. He didn't want to play with him anymore. He wasn't going to waste his career banging his head against the wall. That's what I, it's like I, playing with, with Russell Westbrook. You banging your fucking head against the wall. I, I, yo, I, I fuck with Easy I, Money Sniper. Your man. Me too. Y- yeah, exactly. I do because of, of Westbrook and, and, and his personality. I hope his family corrals him and bring him in and say, yo, I love all that shit you doing, dunking on cats and everything, but yo, we not winning. And all the teammates are breaking out. What we going to do? He threatened Rubio. He said, yo, I'm shutting all his shit down. Fuck, that's why I call him David Berkowitz. He's on some Son of Sam shit out there, yo. Um, before we get into these sick fucks and before we get into a dope-ass interview with the champion, Deontay Wilder, yo, this, yo, this, this interview, yo, you know, Deontay Wilder did something that was so dope, the Bronze Bomber, about four years ago, a troll, an internet troll was talking crazy to him, talking oh. all kinds of shit. I'll fuck you up. I'll do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get your daughter. And it's talking reckless to him. He got in contact with money, got the whole thing sanctioned, got the whole thing legalized, had, had homeboys sign the paperwork, met up with money, and, and fucked him up. Money wanted that work. <laughs> and this dude, six foot seven, six foot seven heavyweight boxer. At the time, he wasn't the champ. This dude was popping shit to a heavyweight champion. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this to your daughter, blah, 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 blah. He got the whole thing legalized, met him, and gave him that work. Gave him that. that's what's up. And the whole thing's on video. So we're we're, we're posting that video. Um, He's talking about that, talking about his really rough, rough and tumble fight that just went down in Brooklyn at Barclays against Luis Ortiz, talking about uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, the British champ, uh, who I, you know, I can't stand the British accent. I'm on record saying that. So Deontay Wilder coming up on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, the heavyweight champion of the world, sits down with the heavyweight champion of talking shit uh, coming up later on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, I want to give a little note, a message to all the 
the Uber drivers out there. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I love this. Let's okay. do it. I think I might have talked about this once before, but I, it's happened again. Willie Hutch, these motherfuckers. Miles, put that record on. Yo, when I get in your Uber, especially at five in the morning, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you've been through. Word. I don't give a fuck how your night has been. I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't give a fuck what your wife did to you. I don't give a fuck what your family's doing. I, yo, don't don't speak to me, Duke. Mm. Don't say a motherfucking word to me. You get in these cars with these Uber drivers. They think we're on a blind date. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not on a blind date, Duke. This is this is a business relationship at best. Yeah. This is a business relationship. I got to get to the airport, Duke. My flight is at 6.15 a.m. I got no sleep. Don't say shit to me, money. Mm. And make sure your breath smells good when a motherfucker gets in the car. Yo, if you're a cab driver, if you're in any kind of service business, you think when I'm on the sidelines for the big three doing my Howard Cole sell shit, I don't spray my mouth with a little binaca yeah. before I sit there and talk to <laughs> Allen Iverson, Dr. <laughs> J, and Brian Scalabrini? You don't think I check my mouth? Yeah, binaca blast. I got these Uber drivers talking to me about their life and times. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't give a fuck about the life and times. You you got your car smelling like straight brute. Yo, just just have a neutral smell. They they put just, all this Israeli perfume and cologne in the car. And all this crit Yo, nobody English leather. Yo, yo, Duke, Duke, Duke. When I get in the car, don't say nothing to me. I'm good. If I need yeah. something, I'ma ask you. If I need a charger, I'ma ask you. If I got a problem, I'ma say something to you. Other than that. You on a need-to-know basis, Duke. Don't ask me nothing. Right. Why am I going to San Francisco? Yo, mind your business, Duke. Yeah. Where yeah. am I flying to? Yo, my man. Fuck, what are you, a cop? Yeah. You writing a motherfucking book, Duke? We not getting into all that. Don't yeah. worry about, oh, why I don't have any bags. I'm on a business trip, Duke. And, don't and, worry and, about, and, am, am, am I in first? My man, just drop me off at the airport. Matter of fact, drop me off down the block, motherfuckers. I don't even want yeah. you to know where the fuck I'm going. You, you you making me uncomfortable. You writing a fucking book? Yeah, I had that same shit, man. And I want to be part of this Willie Hutch shit. Get it. Listen, man. Listen. Don't talk to me. Your job is to drive. They always try to fucking give you extra conversation mm. with that garbled language. If you don't understand, you can't speak English clearly, shut the fuck up and drive the car, B. Always, oh, like you said, oh, where are you going? Uh, you you uh, see where I, I'm going, got, Duke. You got the address in your phone. You know where the fuck I'm going. Other than that, it's, a, it's, it's an address. You don't need to know why I'm going there. Yeah. You trying, like, you, you're trying to come on to me? You trying, trying to fuck, to, Duke? Yeah, what the yeah. fuck is you doing, Duke? Is you yeah. trying to fuck me? <laughs> We're Just not doing drive. all that. Your job is to drive. Nobody asks you anything. I just slam the door and I'm looking at my phone. And money is just continually talking about nonsense. Shut the fuck up. Pay attention to the road and get me to my destination. Yo, my man, why the fuck is you talking to me? Put your motherfucking eyes on the road, Duke. (laughs) 
Keep your motherfucking eyes on the road and keep your motherfucking hands on the three and the nine, Duke. Other than that, I don't want to hear. I don't want to see nothing. Stop lingering with the eye contact through the rear yeah. view mutant. Yeah, looking like eyeing me, oogling me, like 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 I look good to you, yo, money. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Drive the car, b. Drive the car. <laughs> Uber etiquette. Nobody's not fucking your... with you like that, Duke. I'm telling you right now, nobody is fucking with you like that. <laughs> we not family. I can't understand you. Okay, you just got here in America. I don't give a fuck when you got here, Duke. <laughs> Yo, my man, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> Word. That's true. We don't know you. We not family. And then you see I got the headphones in. I put the headphones in and you still talking? Mm. I put the headphones on, on money. He's still talking. I had to take the yeah. headphones. I'm like, yo, my man. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to this shit. Yeah. I'm trying to listen to this Raekwon, man. All right. Miles, get the sick fuck of the week music. Man. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn, you fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 We're going to do it fast and furious, all right? Sick fuck of the week. It's an award that is earned, not given. An award that is earned, not given. Uh, you know, goes to a person, certain person with a certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, thank God, Louisiana. The state Senate has approved a bill explicitly banning sex with animals. Why am I bringing that up? <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing it up is because they took a vote. In the state of Louisiana, the House of Representatives took a vote. The vote was 25 votes to 10. 10 people. Oh, said, fuck that. We want to we hit these motherfuckers. 10 sick fucks. <laughs> 10 senators, all Republican, voted against the bill. I have their names, but it doesn't make a difference. 10 sick fucks. Fucks in the state of Louisiana voted against making sex with animals illegal. Oh, how fucking nuts is that? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, 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 you know what they're doing? Because if you if you advocate for that, there's you don't have any decency. Like, why would you want to fuck an animal, man? That shit is nasty, man. Ten of you voted against that. Not one sick fuck. Ten sick Ten. fucks are working in government in the state of... Now, two. Ten. ten, ten. That is a fact. That is... Right. Yo, that is... These ten people are definitely clumped yeah. in for the sick fucks of the year. Like, we, no we, we can't give them... Because they'll, they'll fill the whole slot. When you think about it, like, they'll fill the entire gamut of sick fucks of the year. So we have to put them in just as one, one group. You're Hell not filling yeah. the whole slot, Duke. But but if, <laughs> but if we did the math and you think about it, these are not just random people off the street. These are people in the, in the House of Representatives in one state. Ten people 
voted against making sex with animals illegal. Why? What, what are you trying to do? Right. Right. An animal, man? I mean, that's just... Hey, that's how they get down, man. <laughs> Second sick fuck of the week. Uh, a naked sick fuck on a nude beach in Oregon while he was butt-ass naked mm. <laughs> chased down and punched a dog owner who had his dog off the leash while he was sunbathing butt-ass naked. My man, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> Yo, the dog wasn't trying to bite him. He just, he just didn't like that the dog was sniffing around his ass while he was trying to sunbathe, and he attacked <laughs> money. <laughs> Put your clothes on, money. What the fuck are yeah, you doing? Yeah, yeah, please, please. <laughs> Be decent, please. I don't care that it's a nude beach. Put your little thong on or something. Like, yo, nobody's trying to see you out here at the nude beach. Absolutely. Finally, the third and final sick fuck of the week of this Smash Mouth classic I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. We've heard about these guys before. And if you look at this guy, his name is Norman Barwin. He looks like a sick fuck. A well-regarded fertility doctor in Canada. Used his own sperm to father 11 children and possibly more over the course of decades. What the fuck is wrong with you, Duke? In Ottawa, Canada. Yo, watch who you go get your sperm from. (laughs) Damn. If the doctor looks like a sick fuck, if he smells like a sick fuck, and he behaves like a sick fuck, he probably is a sick fuck. Um, finally, as far as sick fucks, this guy should be in his own category. That piece of shit, Alex Jones. Oh, in InfoWars. InfoWars. <laughs> he's being sued. Good. He's being sued about rants that he made about the victims of the yeah, Sandy Hook murders. You know, remember when the people got killed out there? This guy has been saying it was a hoax and it was <laughs> fake and it was a setup. Right. The parents. One of the parents of his little son died. This is in a preschool. This piece of shit, Alex Jones, is being sued by some of these victims. I wish them, I hope they take everything away from this piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, I, I, to say that, man, you, you got to have facts. You got to be like, man, that's terrible, man. To, 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 and, and to continue to say it, to continue to say it. And then this bitch ass Alex Jones, now he's crying and complaining and saying, these people, they, they want to take everything from me. Yes. Duke, you can't just yeah. say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and tri- trivialize something like that, yo. You don't little know. little kids. Yeah, people lost their kids, and you saying this shit is fake? What? What is the like a movie? It's a, they're, they're actors. This is all a big setup. Yeah, good. He's always he's always on that. He good. Said, all them people were crisis actors. <laughs> Sue this piece of shit. Take everything from him. I hope he's fucking on the side of the road, crazy, and he and he can't afford. He looks like he's hopped up on something. Take everything from this piece of shit. <laughs> All right. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. What can I say? Coming up next, the bronze bomber, the heavyweight champ of the world, Deontay Wilder, is rocking on the I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky to bring in the champ. All right. The champ is here. 
the heavyweight, I never thought that I'd have a heavyweight champion in, in my crib on my podcast. I mean, I'm such a boxing fan. And they're like, to have Deontay Wilder, to have you here, the bronze bomber is in the house for the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I appreciate you coming through, man. Man, it's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling, man. I, I'm glad to be here as well, too. I see you, big boxing fan. I'm a big boxing fan, yeah. man. I'm a big, I mean, the, the title heavyweight champion. I mean, it's like, you could be Super Bowl champion, you could be, you know, NBA champion, but heavyweight champion is such historical title. So many, you know. Yeah. How does that feel, like heavyweight champion of the world? I mean, when you, when you say it, I feel the same <laughs> way that when I say it. You know what I mean? It's just a, it, it. It's just that title, the heavyweight champion of the world. Like we're not talking about nation, not talking about country. We're talking about the world. You know, and and when I when I when I say that and repeat that, and when I hear you say it, you know, over and over again, it, it just it, I get like a tingling feeling inside of me. You know what I mean? Because it's it's such a precious, yeah. you know, it's such a precious like title to have it's a big responsibility as well too like you are the world you represent your country amongst the world you know other greats and you know i can only imagine like what it would feel like to go back into ali days right being in america right and having so many people love you and and and, and have so much respect for you like you just can't like it's crazy i can only imagine like when i go back because i have a lot of um great group of men that's around me uh-huh. that's been with Muhammad Ali, that's been with Mike Tyson, that's been with Evander uh, um, Holyfield, especially Muhammad Ali, and they always remind me of like how it was and 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 where my career headed and and the, the similarities of what he was doing and what I'm doing and different things. So, you know, like I said, I can only imagine. It makes me smile just to see what the future holds. All right, so let's get to this. Anthony Joshua, I'm sure every single place you go, is this fight happening? Like you, you, you showed and proved you had a war in Brooklyn, mm. which I watched right here on this TV. He had a good fight, questionable decision, whatever. He won that fight. Yeah. I'm sure I, I'm sure you've already been asked this at least once today. Is this fight happening? What needs to happen with this fight? Uh, you're here with your wife. I mean, she's probably sick and tired of, of, of here. I'm sure she gets asked about it. So what's the deal with this Anthony Joshua fight? And is it changing like moment to moment? It's like such fucking drama yeah. to get this fight. So as of today, while we are recording this Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, what is the status of this potential heavyweight fight? The status the status is looking good, man. You know, um, it definitely has been like a a dramatic type of opera type of situation. You know what I mean? There's so much drama been going on. It's like one side, some, you know, it's like one side doing this and people think the other side doing that. People think one side want it and they think the other side don't want it. This man saying one thing, our side saying this. You know, it's, 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 it's I've always said it, you know, before and I said it again, it's become a childish. Uh, it's become very childish at this point. You know, it's obvious that I want to fight. Why wouldn't I not want to fight? I've been calling out the best ever since I've I've um, retained my title. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been calling the best out. So why would I not want to unify? This is you talk. We talking about when we talk about the the heavyweight champion of the world. When we was talking about that, now you going into a whole another level. Now you talking about the undisputed, the undefeated, and he's British, the unified heavyweight champion of the world. And then 
what makes it even better that he's from another country. Right. Like you said, he's 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 British. He's from the UK. And I'm American. You know, so it's from USA Tuscaloosa. versus <laughs> for Tuscaloosa, Alabama, out of all places. You know, but we did we had we had a lot of champions from there. Vanna Holyfield, uh Joe Lewis, right, uh, uh Ernie Shavers. Damn. You know what I mean? They I didn't know that. Yeah. Shame. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know. You guys start, got some, some badasses down yeah, there. Some of the hardest hitters. Without getting, you know, into too many details mm. of, of, of making this fight, like, is it promoters? Is it money? Is it he's afraid? Like, what? what like, if you would say, like, just what, is be the, real. What, what is it? Is it like, what the heck? Because the thing about boxing, and I think, you know, for the fans, that that's been frustrating. It's historical with boxing, you know, whether going back into the seventies and the and the eighties with Leonard Hagler, and you know, there's always politics. But for the fans in this day and age, you have so many options of watching shit on your phone. You could watch sports on your phone, TV, Netflix. It's, mm. it's like as boxing. I feel like as the, for, for the fans with all this politics that you know of, but the average fan and even like the the, the sort of you know more than average fan like myself, like let's just get this shit on. Most definitely. Like, so what is it for you that, like, you know, like, if you had to say, like, to the, to the to the basic fan, why this fight is taking so long, what would it be now, here we are in April? Well, I'm going to just be real. Like, this fight taking so long just to cut all the corners off is uh, for the simple fact that they they, they scared of me. Is it and, is it and, that? And it's, 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 Concerned you know, about losing? They, 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 that's the point. That's the fear. The fear is not so much of That's of not the like fight. no bullshit, like no ego shit. Like it's like right. I don't want to fight this guy. If I fight this guy, lose my luster and lose my money making ability. Go. That's 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 all this rappers around. You know, they having the fear of losing. And who's the they? Him, his people? Both. His promoter. His promoter does more of the talking than than Joshua. See, you know, over here we rather hear it from the horse's mouth. We rather hear it from Joshua's mouth because Joshua is the fighter. Nothing that his promoter can say could, you know, help him in this fight, you know. And with that being said, his promoter, he's he, basically he's a snake, man. Who's his Who's his promoter? It's Eddie Eddie Hearns right. is his name. And you know, like I said before, he's just been milking Josh. We're just trying to get as much as money as possible. He's already admitted. He said, "Why take a a dangerous risk in fighting Deontay Wilder?" When we can fight Joe Blow and make and still make money, mm. a low risk and still make money, mm -hmm. he's consistently saying these things. Why take this dangerous risk when we can take a low risk and still gain money? And this is what it's became. You know, everybody always talking about the business side of boxing, but what happened to the the dignity and the pride of you saying you a champion and you got another champion for from another country? That's want to challenge you. Mm -hmm. You know what happened to being a unified champion? This is what it all boiled down to. Being one champion, right. one face, one name. And and he just fought, you just fought. It's like you guys are on the same schedule. Like you don't have your next fight booked, right? Correct. No, he I doesn't don't. have his name. I mean, it's like, let's get this shit going. Exactly. And how exactly. old are you? I'm 32. And how old is he? He's 28. So, I mean, you guys are both fucking young. Like, yeah. like I see, like, let's get this shit going in the like in the fall. Like it's set up. You had a fucking war. He had a questionable fight, but it was a good fight. Whether he won or lost, he won the fight. Right. They threw down. So, so how much of of your time management of your day is dealing with your promoter, your people on whether or not this fight is going to happen? Like, how much of a like a a part of your life, your daily life, is it? It's, uh, been, is it? it's been crazy because you know I've been keeping close in contact uh, with my manager, um, Shelly Finkel. So he been leading me every step of the way of what's going on, the process. You know. You know, make it all for us. This isn't that. You know, it's a lot going on. So we we 
my team have always been on one accord. We always been on the same page. Even when we speak, we speak the same thing because we're on the same page. With Joshua team, it's many a many a time where they've seen where they wasn't on the same accord. Mm-hmm. It was many a time where they seen Eddie Hearn manipulating people or 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 Joshua say one thing and then Eddie will come back and say another thing. Or Eddie say one thing and Joshua saying another. They're not on the same page at all because it's the thing about it when you when you try to manipulate the people and you try to lie to them, see, when you lie, lies is is hard work. Mm-hmm. You have to keep up a lie. So mm-hmm. that takes a lot of effort, a lot of hard work too. But when you're being truthful, when you're just speaking how it is, there's no effort involved. You're mm-hmm. just speaking your piece because you know it's true. When you lied, you had to continue to make up certain things. You had to keep continue to, you know, you can't even sleep. And that's what it boiled down to. But now it's to the point where people are talking about it even more. And that's what it's going to boil down to, where people continue to talk about it until we flood them out. I call it smoking them out. Right. That's what we're doing. We're smoking them out, not only here in America, but in the UK as well, too. And it's time. So he's supposed to be coming to New York, Eddie Hearns. He got a fight. Uh, with some other fighters, and he's supposed to be sitting down talking to our people and trying to get this fight made once and for all. So we'll we'll, we'll see what between the uh, the weekend or so we'll see what happens. What's the time frame like in in terms of like if we don't get this fight by June, we have to start thinking of another fight. Like wh- when it, when is the limit? Because you want to fight, right? Like I yeah, mean, you, for sure. you, you want to stay for active. Sure. So w- at what point do you go? Well, fuck it, we got to go to the next idea. Um, you know. Like I said, we meeting with those guys. Okay. You know, uh, we'd have done everything what we need to do, the requirement, the requirements of uh, offering and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen this weekend. This weekend, ball on because you know, like you were saying, we're not going to wait. You know, we're, we're not chasing point, you nobody. Gotta fight. You, you gotta, gotta, you gotta keep going. You know, um, it's obvious who wants to fight and who don't wants to fight, and and um, we gotta keep going, but. Um, we're gonna see what this weekend go. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be it. You know, okay. no playing around, no nothing. You know, because it's obvious now. You know, we they sent us this low ball offer, and 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 you know, it ain't no games. We ain't trying to play games. We trying to make the biggest fight, uh, biggest heavyweight fight happen in the world right, right. now. Why wait? We're young, like you said. They sent you an offer, say, like where he gets most of the money, basically. Yeah, they sent me an offer a flat rate of twelve point five. Where you, you know, get that, you I, don't get I pay-per-view. I just get that. I don't get no back-ends, nothing. Just and what would he get? 12.5. He get everything he else. Get most of it, probably $88 million, 80 million of the rest. You Hold know, the fuck on. Yeah, man. Now, now, listen. This isn't the 90s with, with, you know, boxing isn't what it is. And I know he's big overseas. But that's fucking insane. It's crazy. It's a slave contract. You do What? champion in history ever took a flat weight fight for for a, a fight of this magnitude never so basically like so so they don't want you to have any of the pay-per-view they get nothing, everything else nothing you get 12 nothing. and a half they feel they 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 feel that that's crazy they feel that he had to do everything i've done nothing this is, and keep in mind i'm the you're long, in america i'm i'm the longest reigning champion you know i'm the most exciting champion 40 and 0 40 and 0 39, 39 KOs and Nobody's you just had your biggest fight. You had your biggest, most exciting fight right beat, there in Brooklyn. I just beat the most skillful right. fighter in the division, period. So so how <laughs> far away are, are I'm saying we? How far away are we from like if that that's a shitty offer? Like, yeah. it, like so That's an offer that says that's an offer you send somebody when you don't want to fight. That's the offer. I you agree. Send them. That's some bullshit. You like know, you, you know, whether or not, you know, the, the British fans and they come out. 
are 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 bigger than the American fans. Like this is gonna like with British United States, you just coming off that fight, America. Like th- there's opportunity to hype the shit out of this fight. You deserve to get your stake in this. Most definitely. And then they always talk about. What I need to do, I need to do this. I need, need to, to do what? This. Like, what do you need uh, to do? Raising profile or fight? Raising uh, profile? Uh, uh, You're on the fucking <laughs> Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. What more of a fucking profile do you want? This is big shit here, man. Raising profile. I don't want to talk to this to. Anthony Joshua guy with his fucking accent and all that shit. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You're from, you from Tuscaloosa. Am I pronouncing yeah. it? Like, Tuscaloosa. I, now I, I've said this. You're not the first time. I, this is not the first time I said it. The British accent yeah. doesn't sound right on a boxer anyway. Like. Lennox was great. He proved me wrong. He was a great heavyweight champion. He kicked ass. He made the British accent sort of cool, sort of sexy, sort of tough. Yeah. But in general, British accent? Yeah. Like, and we want to kick this fucking guy's ass. <laughs> Most definitely. Every bit of that word, kick his ass. Every bit of it. And that's what I'm trying to do. So, you know? so, so in terms of a fight, like if, if this fight was supposed to happen, um, you know, your style, like what do you respect about Anthony Joshua as a boxer? Like what does he offer as a, as a fighter? As a fighter, as a fighter, you know, I respect all fighters. Every fighter that step in that ring, you know, they get my high most respect just just for stepping in that ring because I'm 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 big on um um us fighters stepping in the ring risking our lives for what we do. You know, this is not an average job what we do. We risk no. our lives like literally. And you know, I respect them for that much just getting up getting in the ring, you know, and um but it seemed like the more and more this fight is being prolonged, the more and more my respect is being lost for these mm-hmm. guys, you know, and especially the way they're carrying themselves, you know, you know, manipulating people, telling them false, you know, false statements and saying false things. You know, after a while, people finna start holding them responsible for their things because they need to start showing receipts. You know, if you say you sit the contract, show the receipt then. You be saying we ain't doing show because we showing it. We showing every bit of our receipts, you know, that... We sent out an offer. We did this. They never respond back. Mm-hmm. They never did this. We got every proof. Mm-hmm. That is. Now it's time for them to man up and show receipts on everything. How much money this is being involved. How, since y'all want to brag about so many things, show the facts. Show the proof. Right. We'd love to see the proof. I want to see this fight. The people want to see this fight. I think it'll be great for boxing. I think it'll be a great event. Um, and, you know, I, I really hope that happens. Now, Luis Ortiz, this was a great fight. Let me ask you. What did you learn about yourself as a boxer being in deep water with a tricky, cagey, tough, gameful guy wasn't scared, he came to fight? Like when you look back on it, it's been about four weeks now, five mm-hmm. weeks now since the fight. Correct. When you when you look like what did you learn about yourself as a boxer, specifically as a boxer uh, right. since that fight? Mike, I'm gonna be honest, you know, um I didn't learn nothing about myself. I didn't learn nothing, and it's, I know it's it's kind of funny to say that, but you know I'm a type of person that I meditate and I visualize a lot, especially with my career, especially with what I'm trying to do and what I learned to do and how I just run my life in general, you know. And the things that I displayed in the Ortiz fight, I already know I could do, mm-hmm. you know. So it really wasn't proving myself; it was just proving others wrong, the naysayers and stuff, because. I know what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. I'm special. Mm-hmm. My grandma said it years ago when I was young. She told my parents that I was anointed by God. She wouldn't even let my parents whoop me. You know, they could not whoop me in front of her. They couldn't do because she would tell them like he's anointed. He's special. Did you have brothers and sisters? I do. Did they get whooped? They did. Yeah, we are <laughs> fucked up, man. 
Yeah, we are. That's fucked up. (laughs) That's funny. So, you know, I mean, you know, my father, man, he he was, he didn't take no mess. You know, he didn't take, he didn't take that mess, you know. And uh, so he would discipline us. But, you know, it was for the, for the greater all good, you know. As you young, that's what the term said. You you don't understand as a child, but when you become when you become adult, you put away childish ways, and you see. And then when you go in life, you see things for yourself. And what, what grandma used to say, what your mother used to say, your father that didn't register to you young. Right, right. But when you become grown and have real problems, right, you start seeing what they're talking about. So that fight, I mean, obviously the seventh round. I mean, the whole fight was exciting. The mm. fact that it was in Brooklyn you know, is exciting because it's such a new place, but it's become sort of a home, even more than the garden. Right. Um, you're in there. You guys are banging. He wasn't scared. Mm-mm. He fought. You guys both, uh, you know, you guys were throwing punches. Um, when you're going through that, like when you're in there fighting and 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 you're in there with a guy who's fighting back and, and who's obviously like he, he gave it his all, you're yeah. giving it his all. Like what's going through your heads in, the, in the, your head in those moments? Well, in, in in those moments, you know, I always try to stay calm. And then, especially when it was fighting uh, Luis Ortiz, I knew that I had to I had to be composed. I knew I had to be patient as well, too, because you know, like I said, you talk about one of the most craftiest. Well, I ain't a one of the most craftiest fighter in the heavyweight division. Then, plus on the plus side, he's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know it was it. It, they bring South Pole's brings a challenge, and I love to have a challenge. So, you know, every step of the way, you have to think you couldn't make no mistakes. If you did make a mistake, you see, you see what happens. You know, in the fifth round when I knocked him down. If you do did make a mistake, you see what happened to me in the seventh round. You know, if you did make a mistake, you see what happened again in the tenth round. So mm-hmm. it was a back and forth fight. What made a great fight? You know, both two warriors had to had to really just put on their thinking hat and just really had to had to use the IQ in the ring to not make a mistake because it was it was it was a crazy fight. Have you watched the fight since? Oh man, I, I watched it like twenty five times, man. Over and over and is over. Is it a trip again. to watch like that kind of a war? Like for yourself, yeah. like being in it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know, when I watch my videos of you know, of me fighting, I try to be like a fan. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? I try to step outside of Deontay Wilder or the bronze bomber. Mm-hmm. And you know, I try to be like well, Michael, Rebel right. You right. know, I try to be uh, uh Swift. I try you know, I, I sit and look at as if Somebody else was looking in, and um, I get excited. I get excited when I see certain things. And when I was watching that fight, you know, I was so excited, man. It was like, it was like I know what's going on, but like on the outside looking at the fan looking in, it's like I'm still getting those, 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 you know, yeah, the legitimates right there ready to fight. You know how you know when you ready, you ready to help somebody out in the ring and stuff uh. like that. Like I was a true fan outside of myself looking in, and um. And it was a, it was a tremendous fight. I think it was a a very interesting fight. Definitely had you at this had me at the edge of my seat. You know, just looking at it at home. Every time I look at it, it's like I get a different view. I see something different. You know, so many different angles, so many different secrets in the ring. So many different. It's crazy from being the one that the fighter, and then on outside you you try to pick out different things. But um, I think you know it, it, it made a great fight for both of us to be so. You know, so high in advance in the sport, but challenging among each other as far as the the their style, because they say style makes fights, right? And that's true. 
Do so when you've watched it and you've seen yourself uh, that fight, like if you say one one uh, thing that you would have liked to take back, or if you fought him again, that you learned. I mean, I don't know if you'll yeah. ever fight him again, but that you learned about your your craft and your your mm. skill set and your deficiencies. What would be like the things that you took away from watching that fight? I think the things that I would would have done more that I took away from the fight. What I would have done more was jab. Right. I would have did more jabs. I think if I would have jabbed more, I would have been able. I would have been able to set up more punches. Uh-huh. You know, coming in. But you know, on the other hand, I got to give it to him as well too. He made it challenging for me, though. You know, he made it challenging because I knew every time I threw that he was looking to counter back. Right. And and you know, and being that. People don't know this though, but I was sick. I was only like 70, 74%. What, what, you had a cold? I had a, I had a severe co- uh, head cold. Um, I, I had did an event before I went to New York, back home for some kids. You know, I love the kids. So I'm always doing different things for kids. So I had an event and all the kids, I had like 70 kids I was doing the event for and they got me sick. They ended up getting me sick. So I ended up going to the fight sick. And we so used to, I'm so used to like, not being 100% in fights that I don't even let my team know and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's just like that, you know? So they knew that I was, they knew that I was sick. They knew I was spitting up mucus, uh. but it really wasn't nothing to say. You know, they know Deontay is a warrior. He's going to do what he had to do. I was weak in that fight as well too. So when I got home, I ended up getting my little, my baby girl sick as well too. Afterwards. My baby, yes. I felt so bad because she had to go to the doctor. She had to stay in the hospital for like three or four days. Man, yeah, it was it was bad. She had, she couldn't even breathe. Uh, if my wife didn't take it during the time, the the um, the, the doctor said she could have she could have passed away. That's shit, how crazy it was. You know, Jesus. Yeah. So damn. Well, that's good that she's man. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. After that fight, how does your body feel after, like, you know, going through all the training and then going through a fight like that, giving out punches, taking out punches, I mean, just completely giving it all. Like, how how long does it take for you to recover from, like, that, just, like, to feel, like, back to yourself? They say when a big event occurs, they say it takes the brain three days to relax and to to really um uh, let you know what what went on and stuff like that, and I think it's you know it's like that effect up in the in the in the uh, when you get finished fighting as well too. Like you take these you you take month a month or so six weeks to a month uh, months at a time to train for a fight. You know you're building your body, you're breaking your body down, you're sacrificing so much, and then when the fight happens, and then when it's over. It's still that transformation in your mind that has that. Even if you win, like when you win, it's that, all right, I won, it's over. I don't have to train no more. I don't have to get up in the morning no more. But your body is still uh-huh. like it's still in that 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 mode, you know what I'm saying? That training mode. And after a while, it starts to it starts to calm itself down. Uh-huh. But that's when like the soreness and stuff like that. Because the thing about it, you can be in a round one round fight and in a twelve round fight. And still feel the same effect of being in a twelve round. I fight. got you. Just because of the build up for the fight, and I got you. Breaking you. your body down, I got trying you. Trying to build it back up, and it's it's crazy. Did was, you feel sore after that fight? Like oh, like man. like what is it? Like is is it your hands? Is it your joints? Your shoulder? Is it your head? Is it your nose? <laughs> Are you like oh shit? He hit me. Like what does it feel like? I mean, I it's can't a, even imagine. And just the <laughs> adrenaline, like you said, like yeah. the adrenaline is like a whole other thing that you. That you're not even aware of, yeah. like just the whole sort of fight or flight thing. Yeah, now let me the drilling in the ring, like 
your, your, your my drilling. I think it's yeah, it definitely levels to having the drilling, you know. But my drilling rush be so high, like. Even if he hit me a certain way, like certain punches that you'll never feel. It's just like having a drill out in the street and you get stabbed. You don't know it happened until after the fight. Right. Like it'd be so much of drilling that certain punches or certain things don't phase you. Right. It don't hurt you until you, you know, uh you get that person right on the butt. Just like he hit me with the with the left hook, you know. Um, although uh when he hit me with it, although I was good, but I was still trying to bluff it. Like, he do didn't. you feel it? Like, do you when you get hit like that? Is it like, what, what does that feel like? The feeling, you know, when he when he hit me, I, the the hook that wasn't the punch that that really got me. It was the straight right hand uh-huh. when he came at the hook was the hook got my attention, but I tried to bluff it. That's why I was pouring, and that's what I went wrong. I started pouring like a statue, keeping myself out, and I was vulnerable. So, you know, being in a southpaw, his angle is right there for me. So I set him up perfectly uh, to throw his right hand down the paint, which he saw it. He called the play, and he took advantage of it. And that what hit me. When he hit me with that, that's when everything said, boop. And then- That's what you, like, that's what's going on? Yeah, well, when you hit a boot, because it, it's a difference between being hurt and being buzzed. Every time a fighter get hit, you know, and get wobbly, people always want to say, oh, he's hurt, he's hurt. But you could, he could be just buzzed. And being buzzed is just like everything going around. You're trying to compose yourself. You're trying to get yourself back together. You know, and with Ortiz, being that he was uh, very skillful, mm-hmm. it felt like I was in a tornado when he was throwing the combinations. Yeah, That's yeah. why I was going all over the place. Oh, I was going all over the place. He was hitting me in the back of the head sometimes. Like, I was going all over the place because, you know, I'm buzzed. And I got he's still, you. He's... In his combination. So in my mind, this whole time while that was going on, I'm coaching myself. I'm talking to myself in my head. I'm like, okay, it's okay. Calm down. You got to punch here. Punch there. Don't let the ref stop this. He going to stop you if you don't do nothing. This is what was going through my head the whole time. Like, it is, it's, it's crazy. And by the time the bell rung, you see, I went right back to my corner. Right. I answered the bell still before him. I was using psychology still on him. You know, in fights, you had to think about these things. You're conscious, like, I want to get up, show him yeah, I'm, not, I'm not hurt. Exactly. This is the name of the game. Even if you have to bluff it in this in this game, that's how you got to do it to, to gain yourself back, to get yourself back together. See, when I went back to the, to, the, to the corner, I was good. You know, people talking about the five seconds that I had with the doctor. You know, talking about that was some extra time. I'm like, how is that time? You didn't when, call them. They, they, it's part of the. Yeah. And, and you it's know part what? Of the, it, it, it's you, part of the commission. And, of, and also, you know, people say protect the fighters, protect the fighters, and then they're complaining that the doctors talking yeah. to you. It's like, yo, you, what do you want? You want to protect the fighters or complain about it? it you know, you yeah, never, it, you can't serve anybody anyway. And these are social media idiots, yeah, which I want to get to. It's crazy. I mean that that was that's was that was the rules of New York. That's and the rules. They should the be. Rules. They should make sure everybody's that's nothing, good. That's had nothing to do with me. And what's five seconds? You still got a whole three minute in a round. I could understand if it was in the middle of the round and we just went at it and they calling us over, but the bell ain't even rung yet. Right. It's still three minutes. This man still had a whole two round. He had the eighth and the ninth to do what he had to do. Right. You know that's six minutes. Right. Until I got him out of the 10. So, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, people are going to make excuses. People, everybody, you know, people, you know. you know, it's funny hearing you talk now and you said Evander from there. I hear the similar Tuscaloosa mm. accent, which is, yeah. it was a bugged out accent. <laughs> um, 
All right, so let me ask you this. So another guy who's an interesting guy, he, he, he seems to be, he has a problem with the booger sugar, Tyson Fury. Mm. This guy, he, was, he, was, he had a good fight, then he's off the fucking rails, totally off the fucking rails. This guy's way out there. And he, you know now he's talking about uh, wanting to fight. Is this somebody, if the, the Joshua fight doesn't happen, that because I mean, that seems like because he talks a lot of shit. Mm. He's another British guy. He's is he British or Scottish or Irish? Yeah, he British. He's British. British. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is that somebody that would potentially be a Plan B if if you don't get the Joshua fight? Uh, no, no, Tyson wouldn't be a Plan B. Um, <laughs> he he just now um back in the game. I think right. he got a fight coming up in June. Right. So he said he want to take maybe four tune ups. Oh, okay. or some before he just really get in there with the big boys. I got you. Um, because. When I fight Tyson, I want to be able to get my full credit. I never was able to get my full credit from nobody. It's always, uh, it's always excuse. You mean you, know? you don't want it to be like, oh, he's washed up. Correct. He's on Correct. the book of sugar. I want him to have a, a, get a good winning streak. <laughs> I got you. And then jump in there, which me and him got to make it happen. As long as I'm in the sport, as long as he's in the sport, there's always going to be a, a possibility of me and him fighting. But he got to sure. get his mind right, and let's see if he's if he's going to be consistent. Most definitely, because when I whip his ass, I want to get full credit. You know, I want to say he did it. He came back. He did it. I'm, I'm about to swipe out the whole division. Trust me. Good. Wherever in the world, I'm about to swipe out. The, I'm gonna hold it down in America. If I had to tra- travel to other countries, I'm gonna go in that backyard and whoop their their, their countrymen's ass, and, and come back to America. The unifying of the heavyweight. How many belts are there? This is like fifty, seven hundred belts, two hundred divisions. Like, can you, can you? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I can't. Can you name all the divisions of heavyweight? Like, it's hard to. This is another thing with the fans. Yeah. That is hard to keep track. Like, how many fucking man. belts are there? How many divisions are there? Man, I've been saying it for years. Man, it's it's <sighs> only in boxing. There's one NBA. There's one NFL. For real. Boxing. There's WBA. WBC, yeah. CB, I mean, everything starts with a W. Is that at least, are we on? Is, you got the WBC, the WBO, the WBA, the IBF, and the IBO, but it's only four majors. It's only four major belts, and which the WBC is the most prestigious, most well-known belt right. in all the boxing, all the champions. That's what I have. Right. So you got the WBC, the WBA, <laughs> the WBO, and the IBF. It's the four major. That's how you unify. Right. You know what I mean? So. And who has the other three? Joshua has the other three. He has the other you know? three. Yeah, he has the other so three. So going back to him, this is this is this is where it would yeah, be. This is what makes this fight so special, so remarkable. You know what I mean? You haven't had an undisputed champion since Lennox Lewis. Right. And that was back in 2004. <laughs> you know? Right. And this this fight between me and him can we can make history. We can break break records. You know, we can do so many different things with this fight, you know, because people want it now. They're right. excited about it now. Right. We don't want this to be a Pacquiao and, and, and Mayweather right. type of situation. We're heavyweights. It loses its luster. It loses it. You know, a lot of people are starting, to, you know, a lot of people are seeing what they're doing and starting to lose interest. Like, you know, they, all right, we see what the deal is. They don't want to fight. Set they don't this fucking stop. fight. Man, come on. Now, you, you talk a lot about meditating. Do you actually sit and meditate? And you know, like, or is it in your head? Like, what what do you mean when you talk about meditating? I do it two different ways. You know, sometimes, sometimes I can just sit, be alone. You know, uh, I can have candles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I do that a lot when I'm in in my Atlanta home mm-hmm. because you know I got a nice sky view. Uh-huh. And um, you know, when I'm alone, I do. I get a I get the best out of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I also can I also can just 
I don't have to have the candles and I don't have to have the time like I can be with my wife or, or the kids and stuff like that. But I can be in my I can be like separate in my own little space, in my own little environment, and I can take myself away from let me how I put it. I can take myself away from reality, what's going on. Like you really like can you can really zone channel. out. Yeah, I can really zone out. I can really zone out of myself. Right. You know what I mean? And, and get into certain things or whatever. To the point where I can get so focused to the point where I don't know what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Like she can be talking to me, but I'm not answering mm-hmm. until I come back into to my, my form. And it's a powerful thing. That's why I tell people meditation is a, it's a, it's a mind exercise. It strengthens your mind. And the more and more you do it, the more and more you become connect with it. And you can you can be in tune with yourself and just focus out and do that. I do it a lot. You know, I've been doing this since 2008. Is it something that you practice, that you learn? Like, did you study it? Like, or is it like, wh- wh- what is your take on it? Well, I got it from the Olympics. I was, in, I was a 2008 Olympian. Yep. Um, I was the only one to medal and do it all in a year. I'm, um, I, um, I came up in a year and a half and medaled all in the same, in the same, um, in the same realm of doing things, you know, I wasn't an amateur alone, and I, I learned that the meditation formation um, in the Olympics, you know, I took it very serious. Um, it was uh, a certain thing that we did. I think every Tuesdays or every Wednesday. They were they were practicing it like yes. it was part of the training. Yes, it was part of the training. It was part of the preparation. Going to the Olympics, and you weren't just taking a nap. Like ever, it's, it was something that resonated. with I you. took it very seriously because it was interesting to my life. It was something that was new to me, and I was like, "Hmm, let me try it out." I know a lot of other guys brushed it off, but uh, it was something new to me, and I wanted to really, like, really try it out. And I thank God that I did. That's dope. It, it really, it really helps me out. Not only just in the sport wide, but just in life in general. That's dope. You know, just just to find peace within yourself because peace is one of the things that's so hard to find. You know. You can be you can be so many places. You can see so many faces and be among so many things. But where can you find peace? A lot of people can't find peace. Mm. Peace, and that's when I go back home to Alabama and stuff like that. I got a nice home right there by the lake in Alabama. I get, yeah, I get all my peace, man. When they, when it's get hectic or when I want to be away from people, like we go down there. We we sit, we enjoy ourselves down there. When we want to go have fun and go turn up, we come to the Atlantas. We come to LA and stuff like that, and we'll be able to do. We be we're able to do what we want to do. You know? That's dope. So yeah, we blessed. That's dope. Um, uh, as far as uh, uh, Twitter, now I've I've had my own shit on Twitter. Mm. Everybody has their own shit on Twitter. You had one of the most infamous situations on Twitter, and at some point, I would like to maybe probably have hire you to take on this sort of thing. You had a guy talking all kinds of shit. Mm. On tw- I have motherfuckers talking all kinds of shit, but this guy is talking shit to a boxer, six foot seven. The Bronze Bombers talking yeah. all. Ki- I'm not gonna say this motherfucker's name. Yeah. Talking all kinds of wild shit. Right. I want to kick your ass. I want to do this. Threats on your family. All, all sorts of shit. I mean, he was really going at it. He really wanted that. He wanted that action. Yeah. You gave him that action. Tell me without saying this fucking guy's name. Walk me through how this happened. And the videotape is, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a dream come true. Like to actually have a dude like talk shit, to actually be able to like, everything is signed, sealed yeah, and delivered. Like yeah. it's like you're signing away your rights. And then like, you're yep. talking shit. I'm here. Let's get it popping. And and I felt like, you know, you and your guys let him off the hook. Almost definitely. 
Like, I mean, you you so caught him a few ways. times, but he, he like he didn't get caught the way he should have caught. So how did this happen? What year did it happen? How did it happen? And how did it actually get to where like you met up and gave him that that quick work, that quick yeah. easy work? Yeah. This happened. It happened like. Let me see. I didn't even have my title. I got my title back in 2015. It's 14. Yeah, probably about 2014, I would say. It go way back 2014. Mm, 2004, I'll say 2014, 2015, but mo- most closely to 2014. Okay. And, man, this dude, man, he would every day. Like, it was like every day, like, I, you know, he'll be all up in my, in my DMs and, you know, talking crazy and stuff like you know which you know when you when you're a public figure you gotta you gotta you know you gotta be tough you know what right I'm saying? especially with social media oh nah, man because you know but it's so unusual like it's one thing to say you suck you're yeah. a bum yeah but then like for a guy to challenge a fighter like i i get like honestly deontay i get challenged people ask me to fight all the time off of twitter all the fucking time like i'm like why you want to fight? Like they all the time from all over the country. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just not even like I'm like it's crazy. But like I get that you want to fight me, yeah. but to actually want to fight you yeah. is some other shit. Well, you know, some people talk to talk but can't walk the wall. You know, especially when it's dealing with the keyboard. When you have keyboard warriors, some people just want attention. You know, they are right certain things, and and they feel like the most disgusting, the most irritating thing, the thing that want to. That 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 pick your brain or irk your nerve. That's what they want. They want to they want to irk your nerve, you know. And um, I don't give it to them. But uh-huh. when you talk about family, when you talk about my kids, and he because he was talking about taping my daughter's mouth and stuff. And keep in mind, like when people talks to me and they tell me a story, like I'm a visual type of person. Like I, I'm so used to it because of the meditation part. I can mm. visual. Like I'm a, like if you told me something, the story, like I visualize it. And run it like a movie in my head just uh-huh. to understand you better or what you're coming from. And when he's talking about taping my daughter mouth, so I said, okay, I see my daughter in this chair. She got her arms taped up and he taping her mouth with black tape. And it reminds me of when she was going to the doctors and, and they were sticking like this needle in her and she was reaching for me. And I couldn't do nothing because, I mean, she's at the doctor. But, you know, as a father, you'd be like, you want to help your child, you know, because they're in pain. Yeah. So that came back to me. As well, too, when you're doing it. And I could just feel myself like, I'm finna, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And then at that point when I told him, I'm like, I'm coming to see you. You done crawl. Then he started being, you know, um, using, um, uh, uh, very being very racist and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm coming to get you. See, he didn't think I was coming because at this time, I'm coming from Alabama. He all the way in L.A. and stuff. So he don't he didn't think, you know, oh, I ain't, he ain't finna travel all the way up here. And this is so he continued on. So, which... You know, I got my I got my crew together, my film guy, and I brought one of my my, my I only had my film guy and one of my trainers. Uh, assistant but did trainers. he have to like sign something to yeah, agree? Yeah, we got we got all that together. I had I had to come up. I was thinking because I know I was coming, I was coming for sure. But I didn't want I didn't want my emotions to get the best of me because it almost did at one point in time. You know, a lot of people people see the funny part about it, but they don't see <laughs> the whole thing. Getting in. we got the whole tape. You know, I made uh, we got the whole table because it almost went it almost went left for the for the for the worst. You know what I mean? But I had to keep my composure. You know, basically I knew I was I was about to be champion, basically. Right. 
and I didn't want to. I didn't want to risk nothing. I Although got the you. devil was on one side and the angel, because I got it almost you. got ugly. <laughs> I got you. You know, and um, so we made sure that um, I needed a contract. I made sure my lawyer wrote, got up, signed, and um, to to protect me because. So I there's no like this like this isn't a street fight like it's like you this, this is like is an, an agreed thing. Yeah, you know we're in the gym, we got gloves on. You know this is this is competition. This ain't no street thing. You know right, what I mean? right. So, so it's everything's legalized. Correct. Everything was legal. See, a lot of people don't do that, but I had to think. I had to really think. I'm like, I don't want to. And you're a boxer. It's not like yeah. you're just a, like an actor or correct, whatever. Correct. So so when this fucking guy like when when you saw him in front of you like and you get there and like you're like are you just like. Were you surprised that he actually like showed up? To yeah, actually, because I'm surprised. He, was, that- he told me what he told me where he was at. He said he was at LA Fitness, and I remember us meeting up at LA Fitness. And then uh, when he, I'm like, yo, I'm here. You know, he still didn't believe that I was here. He didn't believe I was there. You know, he thought it was all games and stuff. So he actually came out and um, to see his face <laughs> when he saw me. When he saw it, when, he, when you saw it, when he saw your, oh my god, what, was, it, was it like? Was he like, oh shit? I really know what it's. I really know what it looks like for a person to see a ghost. You know, he really, he was, he thought he saw a ghost. Eyes were buck. He like, he said, out of nowhere, he said, oh shit, I didn't even know you was coming for real. You know, I like, yeah, I'm here. You know, let's let's let you know, I'm here. So. Of course, we couldn't do it in L.A. Fitness, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to play it off. I'm so heated. And we in front of other people. Like, you wanted to fuck him up. Oh this my is not God. boxing. Like, you wanted to fuck him up, right? <laughs> oh, I wanted to. Oh, my goodness. Right there on spot. Like, just you know what blow. Mean? Oh, man. Right there on spot. But I had to keep my composure. You know, I'm an inspiring actor. So, you know, I had to keep- <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep my composing it and it was it was it was crazy because like I'm la- like I'm laughing with you and stuff like you right. know what I'm doing like yeah let's go bro let's do it. you know what I'm saying but inside though it was like and you came here like for I mean there's other things yeah. going on but you so 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 and then wh- how soon after that did you actually like the film that's online that you're like yeah. in gloves and you're like fighting so once um once we wasn't able to do nothing in LA fitness because they didn't have no gym like, right they didn't have the right requirement things what I was looking for so we went to another gym it was another gym down the street um that stays open for a good little bit I can't even think of the name of it I wish he'd been in a ring like why weren't you guys in the ring well we started in the ring at first and then he tried to sucker punch me uh I sucker punch me he tried to sucker punch <laughs> he tried to sucker punch me but um he his attempt wasn't is it he failed you know i end up slipping out of the way and end up actually popping him and then that's when he got out of the ring oh. he tried to run out the door before you got yeah because that's his whole big thing he tries to set this thing up get his whoever filming for him he tried to sneak you out of nowhere to get a to get a, a sucker punch out of you and then that's, that's all he wants that I part. see, I you see. I got you. I got you. It's just all games to him. You this know, this guy's fucking nuts. Yeah, man. So uh, we end up. I end up. You know, we end up. I like nah. You know, end up catching him before he can got to that door. Uh huh. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's get on up. But Let's but go. he, you caught him. But like, I wish you'd caught him more. Like you oh, know, man. he. I tell you what, that that uppercut that I did, that was, you know, the whole situation like. Cause when I pack my gloves, like I I pack all my gloves, I, I pack everything. I make sure I had everything um, ready, you know, for my gyms. Cause I was gonna work out while I, you know I'm I'm around as well at my other got people's gym. Um, so, but 
you know, I made sure I had everything, but it wasn't nothing but the grace of God, man. You know, I end up packing two left hand gloves. And my power hand is right hand, so this glove was on wrong, so it's facing the opposite oh, way. Oh, when you were fighting him, you had one glove on I one? I had two, two left-hand gloves That's on. funny. So it was crazy because I think about it, like when I did the uppercut, Yeah. if that would have landed. Yeah. When he was like- like When he was on the ground, yeah. I gave every, I put everything in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and some man, world I star shit. missing, I'm like, how did It's I better miss? that it didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I'm glad. I wish it had, but it's probably better that it and didn't. And you ever seen a, 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 a golf club hitting a golf ball right. off a tee? Right, Woo, that's what it would have been like, you know? <laughs> it, it, that, that was fucking crazy. Um, You, you said you're an aspiring actor. Yeah. Who are some of the actors? What What are your, some of your movies that you like? What are some of your go to movies? Man, there's so many great that movies you like. out here, man. You it's seem just, like a comedy dude because you, you're yeah, you're, you're chill. I love. I'm always laughing. I'm all, see, that's the thing about it. people always like stereotyping fighters and think we crazy and thinking we want to fight all the time. Think okay. thinking thinking like we always ready to fight, but we're some of the most lovable people. Like we always want to have fun. We're always looking to have fun. Right. Of course, we have that that that. Thing on us that if trouble comes our way, we're able to handle ourselves. That's the only special thing about being a fighter. Right. But other than that, we we just like any other people. Who's your, go ahead, go my, ahead. My my favorite actors, you know, uh, got Denzel Washington. I got uh, um, Will Smith. Uh huh. I got Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh huh. Um, that's just to name a few. You know, I, I definitely kept up with those guys um, in the movies and stuff like that. Well, well what about boxing movies? What's that? What's her name? Oh, Viola. Oh, Viola. Yeah, she's Viola. dope too. Um, could, could you could you cry? Like could I, you, if, I, if you were like if you were to act, like do you think you could cry? Yeah, like, I could cry. You, you could know do what it. Mean? Only thing I do. Shit, like like just to bring it up. Like I can yeah. see. I can. Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. Because what I do, I think about my children. I got that's you. The only thing. It's crazy. Just when I said that, yeah. I can see. I can see. <laughs> I can see. I can see you doing that. I love. To, even sometimes I talk about them, I start crying. Right. Just, just I can't help it. You know what I mean. All right, I, I like that. You, I can see you being an actor. You have to like. I mean, at first, people. I mean, you could you could play against type, and like you know how sort of the way LeBron was in that, whatever that movie he was in. I can't remember what it was where he played sort of like a goof, the goofy friend. Mm. You could play that. Of course, you could play the ass kicker. Yeah, of course. You know, but yeah, I think be you could, obvious. I don't want to be the. I obvious can see stuff, you playing you know against I mean? type. Like you yeah. know, you could be. You know, like. Someone who looks like an ass kicker, yeah. but who's crying all the time or right. some shit like that. <laughs> but you got plenty of more fighting to do. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna keep you much longer. Walk me through when you're in the throes of training, <clears throat> in in the in the hardest days. Walk me through a, a, a day of training when you're you're deep in it. Like what time you wake up, what your day is like. Right. Okay. Because um, this is something that I'm never going to do, but I like to, you know, imagine that I would right. do sometimes. And mine's, you know, I'm probably the only fighter that you'll probably meet that my regiments is not as thick as other fighters. You know, what I do in camp and stuff is is is, is totally different from other fighters. Give and it to me. What me, time do you wake? Give me the time, hardest day, like like the sh like shit. The hardest day we'll wake up in the morning time. Um, we'll wake up in the morning time. We'll be there around about. 9.30 or 10. 9.30 or 10? What yeah. happened? I thought it was like 4 a.m. You see uh, pictures nah. of like Ali running like it's like, you know. So, you, so you're so you not waking up at like 6 a.m.? Keep in mind, I'm not a morning person. Every no day, shit. Every day I wake up around about a, uh, 12 or 1 o'clock every day. Okay. I get out of bed. So 9 or 10 is like, that's like 4 a.m. for you. Yeah, unless I got something going on or whatever. But, you know, we'll get like 9, you know, that's early for me. 9 or 10, we'll get up. 
I get with my strength and training coach. Uh, um, and we strength. do what? What do we do there? We're doing, we're doing, we're lifting weights. We, first, we we on the track, you know what I mean, with my conditioning coach. Uh, we're on the track. We're going over agilities. You know, we, we're doing different feet work stuff. Okay. You know, f- for us, the track work. I got track you. Work. We're doing sprints and stuff like that. We don't believe in. I don't run. I you don't, don't do like miles? Jog, I, I, I don't really? believe in that. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do okay. that. Okay. That's, that's old school. Not even I mean? n- none? At all. You're not doing like five miles? At all. Okay. I don't jump rope and I don't run. I don't jump rope nor do Can I Can you jump rope? I can enjoy it, but I, you know, I don't enjoy it. I'm too tall. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, I can do it uh, um, fairly well. Okay. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need it. You know, okay. There's so many other things. Even with jogging. See, jogging is, is harmful to your knees. Right. Especially road work. <laughs> it, it, and you're 6'7". I'm 6'7". Just imagine. Every time you walk, even when you walk, it's some point in time where you're on one feet. Mm-hmm. And all your body weight goes on one feet when it's just a, a split second. I got you. You know, so even with running, you... You you're, you're harming your knees. So, if I do any type of running or something like it, sprints, I got you. Uh, are we doing stuff in the water or sand? Okay, you know a treadmill because water and sand, especially water and sand, is twelve percent twelve percent more effective than wind. Mm. So it actually makes you stronger and faster. You know, in your coordination and running and stuff. So we don't do no jogging and stuff. And uh, once I get finished with that, with the track, I go straight to the strength strength my strength and training. Mm-hmm. Um, we get into the weights. You know, depends on what we um that day that we're looking for is the upper body or lower body. You know, we go hard on both, and then um after that we go get us a uh, a good meal and get ready for the evening time. And then in the evening it consists of uh sparring and mid work. That's mm-hmm. all. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really do heavy bag. I don't really do speed bag. I don't do no jump ropes. My whole training consists of. Uh, sparring and mitt work. Shit, and like when you're sparring, because you're a big dude. I mean, for heavyweights in general, it's gotta gotta be hard to find sparring partners. When you're sparring, who are you sparring against, and how many rounds in your thickest training are you sparring? Yeah, we well, I'm fortunate to to um, choose guys all over the world. So we get fighters all over the world, you know, and uh, usually we get about four of them, and um. When we have four, the the more for me, the better. Because mm-hmm. of course, I got dynamite in my right hand. It's uh-huh. real, and um, so we always have bag up guys just in case something happened. Um, so these guys get in there. They they get they're not allowed to do more than two rounds. You know, because you want them fresh. I want them fresh. So you want the best of them for for however many rounds we're going, whether it's whether it's six rounds or twelve rounds. Okay. So I so. Just you know, just imagine four guys. So we have four guys. Sometimes it's three, but no 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 shorter than that. So, so you get their best three rounds. Best three. I got best, you. Well, I get their best two rounds, and then they get out. Let's say we have four guys, and we get one guy in. He do two rounds. He get out. Well, he still got what? He still got what the other other guys, other two guys. Well, that's eight rounds. You cut that about six more rounds of rest. He just did two. You know, and the other guys got to come in. So he still, he getting about six to 12 minutes, ah. depending on we pick them again to rest before he even get back in. Oh, so they'll rotate these fucking oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, we're rotating. We this want is them like an ass kicking session. Yes. For, for me, you got to kick my ass. Right. Because 
I'm not getting out of the ring. I'm barely even getting in the water. I you got know what you. I mean? All I'm getting is the earful instructions and getting back out there. I got you. You know, while these guys resting and getting their time and talk, get instructions and stuff like that, we, we we like to do that. You know, we like to keep them fresh to come in. You know, this is it, it keep my, my ability, my thinking up in the ring, it, it keep it at its high. So before your next fight, like what is what is a training camp? Is it two months, six weeks? Like what is like a proper, proper heavyweight champion? Bronze bomber training camp. Right for for us, you know, anywhere between uh, anywhere between six weeks, we're good. You and, know what I mean? and and how much do you do in between? Like how how do you stay in shape in between? Because you don't like you're not like all heavy and shit like yeah. that. You're also young, but yeah. like, do you work out in between? I do a little some some. Um, most of the time, after you get finished from a fight, you're not really thinking about going to the gym until your body you're gonna get that itch. You know, all fighters get I got that you. itch. Like you ready to go in there and hit something. I got you. And um and I wait on my body to get that itch and I've been getting that itch. So okay. I'll be back in the gym probably when I go back home. Just to, no matter what to start to, to no start getting ready. No matter what. I love the gym. I, I got love you. being in there. I love working on um uh, and perfecting my craft. I got you. You know, um you, we always use the term is we rather be ready than get ready. You know, you. and I used to fight a lot coming up as a prospect, so I used to always stay ready. I used to have like they used to offer me offer me a week in a a week uh, this week fight like like just say a, a fight is the weekend and mm-hmm. like, you ready to go we got a fight this weekend like yeah yeah we ready because we stay ready I got you you know I've had many cases where they just call me on just just um, quick respond I mean quick demand for me and uh, we quick respond to them and say yo we ready to go um you're built like a basketball player you grew up playing basketball I did football and basketball you know, go, Coming up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, it was football, right? Football for sure. You know what I mean. So when you go to high school, what position you play? And, and um, football, I was uh, wide receiver. Uh, when I was coming up, I played quarterback, and there was a lot of people who uh, thought I should have stayed there because, you know, I could, you know, coming up, especially my height, when right? I came, I could see a lot of things and stuff like well, that. Well, in, in hindsight, how good of a quarterback were you? Like, uh, when- I was, oh man, I, I was, I was pretty good quarterback. You could play. Oh man. It was crazy. I remember winning um, in a pair of football. You know, being young, I remember uh, winning uh, the, the 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 championship game or whatever. My father, he don't even know this story though. He tried. My father was a basketball oriented person. He wanted you to learn just one thing. He didn't believe in learning playing all these sports because he wanted you to stay focused. I believed in learning multiples of sports because that kept me. Through school, that kept school interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I needed the grades, and uh, I remember one time that um, we made it to the national championship. We made it to the championship, and uh, and I did some petty at school where it wasn't really nothing. I, I wouldn't say I did something petty. I would say my father judged the situation petty. <laughs> I put it like that because we had this championship game. He did not want me to go because I was playing football. He didn't want me to go, but being at the quarterback, I was the leader. I had to find a way to get there. So I ended up sneaking and uh going to my auntie house. Ah. Tell her, Auntie, I got I missed the bus. I need to go to I need to go play my game. I couldn't let my guys down, man. I we got had you. like over you know, fifty or uh, sixty players, you know, waiting on that quarterback to come. Did you win? When I got there, man, my whole team erupted. Like I never forget this moment. <laughs> I never forget when I arrived when I rove there and they got up like dang. Everybody went crazy. We were like, you know, start shouting. Right, right. Let's go, baby. Let's get it. We finna get it. And I remember the last touchdown pass that I won the game with. Oh, that's throwing dope. It, throwing it in the end zone to a guy named Jermaine. 
I forgot Jermaine's last name, but I can see his face all day. That's dope. And I and I end up winning. Now I end up getting safe back home and uh in my room before my father could find out. Oh, he did, when did you wind up telling him you played? <laughs> I didn't he ain't, he don't even know. He well he gonna know now. He's listening to this. Well, if he listen to this, he'll definitely know. <laughs> but he don't he don't even know to this day. And, and and what about basketball? How good like like you 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 could bang it on people's yeah, heads. Oh man, basketball, man. I used to I used to be like you talking about hops? Like you could not get in the paint with me. Like I could jump like I remember being in high school dunking over three guys. They stood in the paint just boom. Just, Do you still play ball? Man, I ain't touched the ball in like two years or so. You know, it's just been You've working been busy. on this. But man, I've been crazy busy with boxing, trying to bring it back, trying to do my thing in the heavyweight division. And um, I think, you know, we're here. You know, it takes that focus. I used to use basketball as a training regimen as well, too, like for the for the um, uh, getting all the cardio and stuff, running back and forth down the court. I remember, um, I remember playing basketball games a week before my fight out. And all people, you, you scared that you ain't going to get hurt? I'm like, nah, I ain't scared. I ain't finna put my mind, I ain't focusing on getting hurt. I'm finna go in here and bang and stuff like that. Because most of the time when I play ball, like guys don't really want to foul me. <laughs> you know, they don't want to foul you. If they do, they're very apologetic about right. it. You know what I mean? And it's funny to me because I know the game. I like, sometimes it's going to be like that. I don't want you, if you're going to foul me, hey, just, yeah, I don't want you to be scared because of who I am. You need to play in one of those celebrity basketball games, but I'm telling you right now, if I play, I'll tell your wife too, I'm going to foul the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fouling the shit. I'm fouling you hard. Yeah. Because cause you you, you got to foul you. Yeah. You're a big dude, heavyweight champ. I'm going to see if you could get the N1. Yeah, I, I, I done played in the celebrity basketball game Have you? before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I dunked on Meek Mill. I ended up ducking on him. Is that footage exists? Yeah, it still is this. All right, we got to look it that up. Is this. All right, my last question is this. When when you've had 39 knockouts, you're 40 and no. When 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 you're throwing punches and you're in the ring, can you tell like upon landing the punch like it's over? Mm-hmm. Like like walk me through what yeah. that that feeling is like. Yeah, when you when you have a, a punch like that when you know it's over, it's like being so experienced that I am, like you, you done felt so many different feelings in your fist applying to face, to structure, bones. You know what I mean? So it's like when you do hit that person, especially on the chin, I know it instantly. Like I know instantly that that it's over. I'll bring you back to the uh, fight what I did, Arthur Spooker, uh, Spooker, um, in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. When I hit him, it felt like me slicing cheese. I felt a little bit. I didn't. I didn't feel. I felt very small, little to none, when I when I hit him with your chin, hand, with my fist. When I when I when I set him up and hit him with my fist, and I hit him straight on the chin, it was like slicing. Chin. I barely felt anything. I didn't even have to. If you go back and look at that fight, I didn't even look at him fall. I knew it instantly when I hit him. I like in my mind, I like that's it because you you feel it over and over again. You know the 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 outcome of what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Sometimes I can feel full flesh of a man, um, structure of his his face um, in my fist, and I know I automatically I'm like, yeah, that if if he's not hurt, if he's not knocked out, it's gonna hurt him. You know. So you you once you start getting up into the point where you knocking people out all the time, and it just become a a, a natural thing, you start to realize certain. You know, it's just like raising kids. You mm. know, when you raise a child, the first time you don't know what to expect. It's new. It's a newborn. Mm-hmm. You may have the second one. You kind of you you kind of know how to 
cheated a little bit, you know what's gonna happen. You had a third one, you even know more. The fourth, you know what I mean. So the thirty fourth one, you 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 got it. Oh, got it down, got it down, Pat. Who whose person you you hit the hardest punch that didn't go down? Like, do you can you recall like one punch where you were like, this motherfucker can take a punch? And do you think it's science? Is it luck? Is it toughness? Or is it just all these things together, like where they just took the punch and maybe you you hit it hard and it just didn't hit the right spot. Right, I will always even to this to this uh, point now. I will always say a, a man by the name of uh, Johan uh, de Hoppers. Uh-huh. He was a Frenchman. I fought him back in Birmingham, Alabama, and he was tough. I was giving him everything. He was tough. He was just one of those guys that I don't have nothing to lose, and I'm going out for my drilling. You know what I mean? His drilling carried him all the way to the eleven round until I, you know, he couldn't take no more. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, and you know he was about the toughest that I had thus far out of hitting. Like, like damn, he's still coming. Where you, you were, know? you were like surprised. I was. It was. I was surprised. I was surprised he was still coming. Um, but you know, I instantly had to say, well, hey, he taking it. I got to keep punishing him. I'm keep giving it to him. That's what I think. When a, when a guy get because like I said before in the beginning, boxing is a game. It's, it's, it's also a, a, a sport where you got to call guys bluff because they'll bluff it. I done bluffed many, you know, I, like I said with the RTs, I bluffed it. But end up getting, I made myself very vulnerable and I was exposed, you mm. know. But uh, it's the same It's the same thing, you know. A lot of guys get up vulnerability and they get as, get exposed to certain things. Boxing is, is it's crazy, man. I always say we the only crazy people they're willing to sign up and get in and get punched in the face. It's yeah. a very dangerous sport. You risk your life you know, each and every time you get in there. And I take that into consideration. Yeah, well, pff, shit, man. You, you guys are fucking nuts, man. <laughs> Dude, this thing you said, and people, there was a lot of response to it, that you said you wanted to catch a body on your record. Yeah. Do you, do you regret saying that in terms of the response that it's gotten? Especially because you're a family guy. Yeah. You're so passionate about your kids. Just, you damn near started crying just when I brought up your kids. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, when I, when I look at the situation, I just look at, like, how nice do they want a fighter to be? You know, how, this is this is our ram. This is our, you know, this is what we're able to, the only time where we're able to lash out, you know, frustration the only time where we we able to build up so much pain and release it in our environment. This is our element that mm-hmm. we're in. Mm-hmm. You know what I said is nowhere near as as more uh, reckless that a lot of other fighters came before me have said. Look, we we look at Mike Tyson, and a lot of people love Mike Tyson, but Mike was known. He was notorious for saying crazy stuff like eating your kids, mm-hmm. and we know how he is about women and children. Mm-hmm. Now. Mike said he would eat your kids. He said he would put your nose bone in the back of your brain. Uh, and people was talking about me. Uh, you know, which I think when you're dealing with boxing, it should be a country that said this is only for for a adult audience, a mature you. audience. I got you. I got you. <laughs> because a lot of people can't handle words that come out of the mouth, especially I, with a fighter. I mean, this I tried to describe to people like, that wasn't Deontay. That was the bronze bomber. I got you. Know you. I mean? It's two different personalities in there and it's real. You know what I mean? The bronze bomber is different from Deontay Wilder. I never allow my personal problems to come in into boxing with the bronze bomber. The bronze bomber don't he don't bring the bronze bomber into Deontay Wilder. That's why I'm able you. to be so cool and just relax and be goofy and like to play around. You know I what I mean? You. And people took that out of content. I got you. You know what I mean? I'm like, please, people grow up. 
Like, I got you. Come on. <laughs> I got you. That's what they want to see. They, but people, they want to see it. But then when they, they want it, when you, when they hear about, it, I, oh my god, I, I get it because it's, yeah. it's like they want to see you get it pop, and they want to complain when, a, when, a, when a doctor comes checks you for five seconds. Yeah. But the, it's like you can't have your cake and eat it. I, I, I understand. I understand. It's crazy. Y'all come and watch me do the same thing I want to do: knock somebody out, knock them unconscious. They come and get dressed for that. Right. But what they misinterpret is that once upon doing that, don't you know that can cause death? Don't you know that can lead to severe damage to the brain? Mm -hmm. Being able to knock my my person out unconscious or to knock him out, that's what you get dressed to come and see, especially with heavyweights. So if I said, what, what, you know, this is what you coming to pay for. So, I mean, let me be in my element. Let me be in my zone. Let the bronze bomber be him and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. That's all, right. all I'm saying. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast with the heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder. Hopefully your next fight is versus the Brit, Anthony Joshua. Hopefully I'll be there. I wish you nothing but luck, nothing but knockouts, success, beautiful baby, beautiful wife. Continue kicking ass. Continue doing your thing. Don't cry, okay? Because I got to say, like we didn't visualize. Don't cry next time I see you. And uh, I just wish you nothing but luck, man. I'm a big fan, and uh, continue oh, kicking butt, man. Oh, man, brother, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me, man. And we, we, like I said, one champion, one face, one name. Let's go by Deontay Wilder. We don't want 17 champions <laughs> with 19 go. belts and all this bullshit. We're going to unify it, hopefully 2018, if not by the end of 2019. My man. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>